Welcome to Authors on the Air. I'm your host, Pam Stack. We're proud to be part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. I hope that you're all well. I have one of my favorite people with me tonight. USA Today bestselling author Vanessa Fewings and I met a few years ago at a Romance Writers of America conference, and I fell in love with her lovely British accent. She's just a sweet, unassuming, wonderful woman. Um, Let me tell you a little bit about Vanessa before I tell you about her books. She um, was in the military when she was in England. Um, She is also a registered nurse and a midwife. Midwifery has made a huge, huge, huge leap here in the United States as well. She's lived in Great Britain, Germany, Hong Kong, and Cyprus, and the USA. She is a neighbor of mine in Florida. Um, She also holds a master's degree in psychology, which I always contend makes her writing extra special. Her new book is called Pervade London, and she soon will be releasing Pervade Montego Bay, which is a duet, and it's absolutely scrumptious. I'm so thrilled to welcome my friend and fellow host in the Authors on the Air radio network, Vanessa Fewings. Hi, Ness. How are you? Hi, Pam. Thank you so much for inviting me on your show. I love having you here. If nothing else, I get my my delicious fill of that lovely accent of yours. Well, I feel the same way. I can't believe yeah. I'm, it's on the other end. Of, it's, I'm on the other end now. I'm I'm a guest, and I I know what it's like again. <laughs> there you go. And I'm so glad you're here. Since you last were on the show. You've, you know, you're becoming more and more uh, of, of, you're just cranking out these wonderful books. Um, you start, I started off reading your, um, your Stone Masters Vampire series, which I fell in absolute love with. It's just an amazing set of books. And then you turned me on to the Enthrall series, which totally blew me away. The enthrall sessions are, are just amazing. I hope everyone goes to read them. And then um, there are eight or nine, eight or nine books in that one. Eight books, yes. I think, right? Eight. There are eight yeah, books. Eight. And then here you pop back with a book called Perfume Girl, which was so oh, yes. delightful and so wonderful and so fascinating to me I want to start off by talking about Perfume Girl because we also have the Icon series we're going to talk about also and I love that but I want to talk about Perfume Girl because this story seems to me it goes to somewhere in your roots I don't know why I feel like that but could you tell me where this story came from it just seems so you Oh my gosh, that is so lovely of you to say, and I'm just I'm just so thrilled to be here. I just want to tell you that. Um, Thank you. So perfume girl, um, so perfume girl. Well, I wanted to write something that was very romantic, and it was a standalone because I write a lot of uh, duets or series. So I wanted to write something that could stand alone. And actually, the first thing that came was the title. I actually was going to call it Scent. And then all of a sudden the penny dropped and I was like, oh, Perfume Girl is perfect for this. And once I got the title, 
um, everything fell into place. And then, and then it, I mean, the characters just evolved. Asta was incredible because I was actually walking my dog and I saw where this turtle had laid some eggs. And at that moment, there on the stand, I had this epiphany that, that Asta Beauregard, who, who is in this novel, he's our hero, yes. would be yes. a conservationist. And then everything fell into place. So it really just felt very natural after that, very sweet and very, very kind of, I, I, I was kind of writing it with Harlequin in mind, but I ended up self-publishing yes. it. So I, I'm yeah. glad that you did because, you know, as a Miami girl born and raised, of course, I recognized South Beach as one of the characters in the book, because how can you not talk about South beach and not have it part of anything that you're writing about? But this was just a fascinating read because not only is Astor a conservationist, he is the very sexy, very schmexy owner of the house of Beauregard, which is a Cologne empire. And, um, and so it it just the twisty turny story about this woman's incredible sense of smell and um and the things that she goes through to make her dream come true felt very authentic to me i feel like um although i'm happily married but i felt like she's every woman who's who's had an experience of being of, of a bad relationship and then um yes and then surviving it and i and i felt like that we every woman could connect with her on some level at some point and uh so she so raquel yes and and everything she goes through <laughs> you just me. feel that you can um you just feel like you can relate to her it's true yeah. It's true. Um, prior to putting that out, you worked on the trilogy called the Icon series. And I, I think I spoke to you about that, but it kind of reminds me of a movie. And you admitted, yes, it does remind me of a movie. And what would that movie be? It's the Thomas Crown Affair. Tom- yes. yes. So, so, and this is the world of art and very yes. high-priced art. I wonder, because you're, it happens in every single one of your books, you must be a huge art lover, Vanessa, because you mention a little bit of art in almost all of your books. I am an art lover. In fact, it's, in, yes, um, when... I, I didn't grow up with art. It wasn't something that was uh, familiar in my family. Very, very kind of quiet childhood in that respect. But one thing that touched me was when I went on a visit to the National Gallery in London as a child. And um, I kind of went back there, even as a young teenager. I remember being 15 on the train on my own, going up to London to visit the art world and just feeling a connection with the paintings in there. And I just, I just, I don't know. It was before I obviously was writing. It was before I knew, well, I'd written novels as a child, but I didn't know that I was connecting with art on a different level. So I think that's what was happening there. You certainly have um, connected. And I like the fact that uh, your books feel very real because these are not 
typical artworks that the layperson would know about. I have found myself going and looking up artists and looking at their work while I'm reading your books. And so it's become not not only, you know, it's become obviously so entertaining and so wonderful to read your books, but almost a, a little bit of an education. I like art myself. And I have some very unique pieces from artists that I've known and and would like to know, but um, nothing like that hangs in the Nas- national gallery or anything. But regardless, but they may one day. Um, well, it it may well be, but I've always been drawn to the visual arts as well. So as well as reading and music and you know cooking and and all those things. So uh, so I it's been a lot of fun reading your books and, and been very educational, but now we come with pervade London. Goodness gracious, pervade London. Um, Give everyone a little bit of idea about this beautiful romantic suspense story that you've created. Well, I would say the advice writers are given very often is write what you know I never follow that but I do write what I want to read so I love anything James Bondy or anything like that like Mission Impossible and I wanted to write something slightly like that um, in a romance novel so we have Emily Rampling who's a young violin student and she falls in love with this mysterious young man called Xavier or Zander at the time she knows him as Zander and they have this amazing relationship. And after six months, very strange things start to happen. And he disappears. And she goes on the hunt to discover why. And that's where the story starts, really. Yeah. That's it is, um, it, it's an interesting thing because this is um, a menage a trois romance between a female and yes. two males. Um, we were talking in the green room about this style of writing. And it's always been or at least for me, I've noticed that many stories in the, uh, that are like this are vulgar. Um, I don't feel like the characters know each other, care about each other, or love each other. Yet, when I read, read Pervade London, which you generously gave me a copy of, um, I felt like these three people love without hesitancy and love with all their heart not anyone more powerful than the other but as an equal in inequality they love each other but because the there's so much mystery about the men emily is having a hard time with this and um yes. how do you do that how do you how do you make those characters so fascinating and so lovely and the language so lovely? I want to read more and more of their story. I don't want it to end. I want to know that they live happily ever after. I think that's why I was coming to the end of Pervade. And I always had a feeling it was going to be a duet, another book. Um, but definitely I needed more time with them. I felt we needed more time with them. And yes. 
So I just felt that their story wasn't over. Also, I felt like James was a little bit of a, or a big mystery. Uh, Xavier, we got yes. to know, and, and so we did with Emily. And so the other factor of James, I just felt I wanted to know his motivation. And that's so important in a novel to understand that. And there's only so much you can write in a 90,000-word novel as far it's as true. when you're dealing with three per people. And so I really feel that Pervade Montego Bay answers a lot of questions. It's not necessarily moving easily into it, but I feel like there's drama. And most people know they're going to get a HEA for me, a happy ever after. So people have faith in what I write. And, of course, I write romance, so even with a twist. Yes, I felt like uh, there were still missing pieces to James's puzzle that we needed to, I need to have them in place before I'm still hesitant about him, not about his love, but I don't know enough about him that makes me say, okay, everything's going to be all right. So I guess you're right. You had to make it a duet for it to work. Yes. Yes. You needed to see from James's perspective. And in fact, that's what you're going to get with Pervade Montego Bay. You're going to get from three different perspectives, uh, point of view, you're going to have Emily, Xavier, and uh, James all talking, uh, and the story moves along as they all share their story that hopefully flows. How do you figure out how you're going to write a story? How do you do you think about a character and say, or you think about a scenario, or you have an idea for a, tw- a plot twist? What comes first? It's, it's like asking about, you know, the chicken or the egg, but really I'm curious yes. about it because all of your stories are so different and set in different time periods um, and, and based on so many different things. I, I understand you like the James Bondy thing and I do too. And it was so obvious with the icon series, but um, how do you know what you're going to write? How do you figure it out? Um, Sometimes it's a contrast to what I've written before, whereas Perfume Girl, was, I felt, was light and easy and um, more romancy. I wanted to write something a little dark and edgy. So it depends on how I feel. Um, so right now I'm feeling I know what I want to write next. It's a, a little bit of a contrast, but it's a, it's a, more of a scarier kind of romance. I don't want to say too much because the book is still being developed in my mind. But I'm a pastor. So basically, I start with the character. Like I have a feel like Emily would come first and I kind of feel her. And then as I feel this first scene, I then, everything falls into place. So then the other characters just, the other characters just kind of, evolve and then usually the third character who I think won't have much of a role steals the show like Cameron did in the indoor sessions so um yeah so really I'm a pantser I write the first chapter and then usually by the next day um the next chapter is apparent so I really don't know what's going to happen next and I hopefully that's what the reader experiences when they read my novels they they go oh I don't know what's going to happen next and it's because I don't know what's going to happen next it's absolutely positively true that you don't know what's going to happen next. It's just amazing. Um, so do you think your storyline through, 
do you think about it a lot before you sit down to write or is no, this more no. organic? You just sit down and while you're writing, this flows into you. Yes. I, I usually don't know how I'm going to write the ending very rarely. And I don't even know how I'm going to make, write the arc, the character's arc. I mean, it really yes. happens organically. Like I almost have to go back and read it, but yeah, I don't, I, it's very natural for me and I you know so yeah I'm not plotting really I wish I could because I heard that uh, authors that plot can write a lot faster and my word count is around two to three thousand words a day and I would love to write five thousand words a day but I stop and it's like oh, all of a sudden I'm like yeah let me let me just dissuade you of that notion. Okay, I have spoken to pl- plenty of authors who said, "Yes, I plot everything out and I, you know, I plot for 3 months." And I'm thinking, "Whoa, why don't you just write the freaking book, you know? <laughs> I'm <never laughs> plotting for 3 months. It doesn't make any sense to me." Oh, I do all this well, research is different, you know, but writing down every detail. Now, I also know authors who do a character workup, and that's fine. I understand that, especially if you're doing more than if you're doing more than a standalone. But if you're writing 200 pages of plot, I mean of you know outline, well, that's a third of the book. So you know, yes. I, hey, if it works for them, that's fine. I just yes. don't get it. Have you ever started a book when and you've gotten 100 pages through it and you said, "Oh, this is crap. I'm starting all over and throwing it out." Has that ever happened to you? No. No, but I'm I do so glad tend to write. Yes, I do tend to write, and then I'm I write in a state of terror. I say this to authors because <laughs> I have people come to me and say, "I'm too. I want to write a book, and I'm scared." I'm like, "Scared? I live in a state of fear when I'm writing <laughs> for so many reasons." So hopefully, that apparently that crackles up to the surface of what I'm writing. You get that tension and that nervousness. So it actually works for me. But I will write something, and then ha- sometimes I get halfway through a novel, and I'll be like, oh, I've bitten off more than I can chew. What was I thinking? That What I'm going to have to do to pull this off? And that can get a little overwhelming. But as long as I remember one chapter at a time or one paragraph at a time, just plod sure. along. And, you know, so I try to sure. pull myself back from trying to think that I'm actually writing a novel. <laughs> well, it's working because they're wonderful. I want to talk to you about your other endeavor. Um, you are the host of The Romance Show, a podcast yes, about all you. things romance. How are you doing? Yes, are you I enjoying am. yourself? Tell me about I some am. of your guests. Tell me about oh some of your guests. We are, I'm so honored. I mean, we have some of the most wonderful authors in the romance community who join us on the podcast. And we've had Everyone from uh, Louise Bay to, um, gosh, J.R. Ward has graced us with her presence <gasps> oh on the road. So I can hardly believe it. So She's amazing. Yes, we, um, and the incredible Melanie Morland, who I absolutely adore. Oh, I um, like her so too. So we've had some. Yes, so we've had some incredible authors coming on the show. It's just uh and we've got some amazing authors lined up. So I don't like to announce them uh, until we've actually... Uh, uh, until it's sealed, recorded right. the podcast. 
Yes, until right. we've recorded the podcast. One author who was like a unicorn to get hold of, and she's so beloved in the community, is Peppa Winters. And, yes. Oh, my gosh. We finally, she's a, I think she's in New Zealand, and we finally were able to chat, and she's remarkable, an amazing, she talented is. author. Yes, yeah, so we were fabulous. very lucky to have her. So, yeah, um, we uh, are... I'm Very talking to a to romance have... writer from Australia, as a matter of fact, after you, I'll be talking to Amy Andrews, who is just adorable and, and um, you know, oh, wonderful. She, yeah, she, you know, sets my pants on fire when I read her books. So. Oh <laughs> but God. I, but love I love that. all genres, so I love all the genres, so it's fine with me. I'm so happy for you. Um, and everything else is going well. How is your dog? Because your dog is just about a year old now yes he's 14 months i think yeah yeah <laughs> he, we adopted him a year ago exactly we adopted yes. him from a rescue uh, he adopted yep. us actually when we went to see him and he keeps us on our toes and he's adorable he's very affectionate he's very affectionate oh, that's good. He's, he's like a walking teddy bear really so and the I'm thing so is glad. you know sometimes I can just get up when I'm writing a harrowing scene and go hug him, and he's he's like medicinal. Ah, <laughs> uh, they yeah. are very therapeutic. I understand that. Um, Vanessa, will you please tell everyone where they can find you on the web and in social media? Thank you so much. Yes, well, I'm on VanessaFewings.com for my website, and you can also contact me via the website if you want to say hi. Um, also, I'm on Facebook. I'm in Vanessa Fewings' Romance Lounge if you want to hang out with us more and chat with us. But I'm also on, obviously on Twitter and Instagram. Everything's at Vanessa Fewings. So at Vanessa Fewings. And the name so, and your yeah. podcast, where we can find your podcast. The Romance Show podcast. We're on SoundCloud and iTunes and, um, and Apple. Yes, Apple. Yeah. Lovely. Vanessa, thank you so much for being with me. I cannot wait for the release of Montego Bay. Um, when will do you think that will happen? That's August the 18th. Actually, it's up already for pre-order on Amazon. And I think it's today. So I'm a little shaken up because I have to say goodbye to these amazing characters who I miss already. But it's amazing to me. And um, so, yes, it's on Amazon. Kindle Unlimited, actually. We're, we're doing Kindle Unlimited this time. So it's going to be free on Kindle Unlimited, August 18th. Wonderful. Yeah. Vanessa Fewings, USA Today bestselling author and host of the podcast, the Romance Podcast, Romance Show Podcast, excuse me. Thank you for being my guest tonight. I'm, I'm thrilled so that you're here. You know I adore you. Well, I adore you, know you I adore too. You. Uh, it's mutual, and we definitely have to get together soon since we're on the same side of the state, okay? Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Thank you for letting me be on here. Thank you, Vanessa, and thank you, listeners, so much for being with me, and thank you, Mom and Dad. I'll see you later. Mm-hmm.